Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Hello, friends. This is Ruben. So, I want to get into retaining clients. And um, I'm with Juliana, and Juliana's got some really insightful things. We just came up with this list of really interesting topics that I think are so relevant for right now, specifically if you have clients and if you're running some sort of an agency, provide some sort of a service, really if you just have clients. I mean, you don't have to necessarily be an agency. Um, Juliana, what does a climate look like? You know, what does client retention look like right now? Client retention right now is really fascinating, right? Because we have, um, you know, people pausing, people looking to change strategies, people looking to pivot, people um, freaking out, right? (laughs) So anytime that, you know, there's any sort of emotional chaos, um, you know, people are either really quick to make decisions or they get really paralyzed. Um, So so it's a really interesting time in in how people are making decisions and what kind of decisions they're making, right? Um, Depending on the industry, some clients are doing phenomenal um you know and and they're really able to support in this type of climate and some clients are not right like like they've seen their entire industry just crumble in a matter of weeks so yeah it's just really all over the place which is really fascinating and what what industries have, have crumbled besides you know pizza shops and local kind of businesses like uh, um, restaurants specifically well, interestingly enough, um, so restaurants, I think we're doing really, really bad. And then those that have pivoted to doing really high delivery um, and also offering beverage, um, you know, like alcoholic beverages and cocktails have seen an uptick in the last um, couple of days. So, so alcoholism is on the rise and people are yes. to escape from problems. <laughs> Escapism is huge. Alcoholism is on the rise. Um <laughs> Oh, like alcohol is rising and um and people are buying arms. It's not a good picture, but you know it. It all depends on on how people are doing that. I mean, on the flip side, people are also really working on the you know mental health and wellness. So you know a lot of wellness, you know things that are going online. That's doing really, really, really big. Um, you know, I, I I joke recently. I was like, oh man, I wish I had like private shares in Peloton. Um, they're killing it. So so we really start to see you know those who are able to quickly pivot to online strategies um, and serving sort of this cabin fever atmosphere that's going on on lockdown are doing really well. And then speaking of cabin fever, I just had that conversation mm-hmm. with my family today. I asked my six year old son. I said, Are you feeling mm-hmm. cabin fever? And he said, What mm-hmm. is cabin fever? And I said, cabin fever is when you're stuck in a place and blah, blah, blah. And he said, yes, I am. And I didn't know how to help him at that point. And I've been thinking about that. Do you have any recommendations for people or for families on on what they can do to just get out? Now, obviously, going for a bike ride or going for a walk, that goes mm-hmm. without saying. We should all be doing that, just enjoying nature. But anything that we mm-hmm. haven't thought of that yet? Um, it's funny enough, I actually wrote um, about this like two days ago and, and I put a list of resources. So um, for parents, Audible is doing free sort of storytelling um, and a bunch of free books, which is great, you know, because kids can use their imagination. Um, there's something called Playing Cards. Uh, I do sort of these very geeky um, work sessions with my clients' teams that, you know, we do like Promodoros and like productivity and, and we take breaks. So we did a cards against humanity and we were all digital so that's really kind of fun um there's 
there's movie party, which is um, you can watch Netflix. So you can actually binge with people um, that are not in your home. <laughs> and what is and what so, is that one called? I think it's called movie party. I'll oh, take a okay. look at it, you know, okay. and get the actual Chrome extensions. Because you know what's <laughs> funny is uh, I, one of my family friends runs a company called Netflix with friends, and I don't know if that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually one of my mm -hmm. really close family friends. And um, I, I, we're talking about the same one because Netflix parties, that sounds different to me. But Netflix with friends is specifically one that one of my, <laughs> I mm -hmm. mean, I was just talking to the guy just a couple of weeks ago and he was telling me about his, his business. And, and he went from 500,000 users on, the, on, I think, the Chrome extension, if I'm not mistaken, to now over 2 million. So I spoke huh. to, I spoke to his I might be the same one. Actually. Yeah. Anyways, there's probably a couple out there. But for this particular one, um, Netflix mm -hmm. with friends. Uh, you know, take yeah. a look, and uh, I just yeah. talked to his dad, who's who's kind of psyched about the whole thing. So, anyways, yeah, that's amazing. Um, there's a bunch of e-learning platforms that you can get on for yeah. free right now for kids, for adults. Um, I think there's like 450 Ivy League courses. Like, if you want to brush up on and upskill on certain things, which is really phenomenal. So, so there's just a lot of opportunity right now to to keep the sanity, to keep your health, um, you know, and and keep connected. I think right now. Um, one of the things that people are really looking for, whether it's family or friends or even team members that, you know, might be working remotely or, you know, have gone from in office to doing that is to keeping culture and connection. So I think that's really, you know, important to kind of look for resources. And there's plenty of them out there right now, which is really neat. It's almost it's I almost think about what it's going to look like when we come out of this mm -hmm. and we're, we're all going to have different perspective, you mm -hmm. know, appreciation and knowledge and uh, a different stack, a different tool set, you know, the way in which we conduct the things that we do, it's going to be really different, you know, on the, on the other side of this, whenever that might be weeks, months, you know, hopefully, hopefully weeks, but more like months. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, but, you know, that, that's really interesting. And, you know, people, um, you know, there's, there's just going to be a whole generational thought that, that, that I think happens around this. Um, but I think one of the major things that we're all feeling right now is fear and uncertainty. And that's why I think, People are doing exactly what you said, which is hoarding cash because they don't want to spend necessarily. But, but there are some other companies, you know, Dub included, that is tripling down on efforts right now mm -hmm. because we know we can provide value. I mean, we have a suite that's been used for remote work for for years now, and you know, we we did some great marketing and some great communication, and we've been putting stuff out there. So, you know, we're not. It's it's not like we're trying to just be pure capitalists and just profit from this terrible era that we're in but at the same time i love what you said where it's 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 about you know it's about providing good and there's some humanitarian element to this as well um so what is your take on how we could be you know conscious capitalists right now i mean i think to be just capitalists in, in any sort of crisis or any time of uncertainty, there's opportunity, right? And and not like, you know, when, when we think of like opportunity or opportunists um, in, in a negative connotation, but there's there's this immense opportunity to to leverage resources to help support, right? To to really, you know, I mean, my business is all around scale. Um and, and you can really scale the amount of of effort and support that you're putting out there. It's also a great opportunity to show leadership, right? Because if you are in this wonderful position, right, um, as a company, as a business, as a founder owner, to to actually be, you know, the even keeled 
person, um, at least front, you know, facing, um, whether you want to scream in the pillow at night, that's a whole other question thing, but, you know, at least front facing to, to be um, reliable, to empower, um, to show empathy, you know, and, and have your suite of services to reflect that, right? I don't, I think that's amazing. And, and one of the things, you know, that's, that's really important, especially right now with the amount of remote work is, is to double down, right? Like if you run a lean operating machine, then, you know, the leaders in the market are going to be able to purchase, you know, to buy, to, to aggregate, whether it's resources, whether it's talent, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate, but so many people are losing jobs, especially like if you're in the event space and, and if you have an opportunity to give someone a job, um, like now is the time to do it, right? Like now is the time to make all of those very sort of ROI driven decisions um, and, and expand so that you can support more people. So that's really my take, right? I, I think that in order to, to be a conscious capitalist, it's to really show the leadership right now in the market. Nice. That's insightful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Let's talk about retention. Yes, absolutely. So um, I, I recently put, I've been doing a lot of writing apparently. <laughs> well, you're, um, you're, an, you're an author, right? You author, yeah. um, you've, you had some books, so that's cool. Yeah. So we're, we're actually in the process of writing um, a book to be out. So I'm, I'm still like owning the author title, um, okay. but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've um, so right now I put together sort of this client crisis checklist. And, and one of the things that's really important because I feel like, you know, people are really trying to do sort of like three things. Um, you know, how do we keep cash, you know, and or use cash effectively? I'm, I'm a big believer that cash is queen. Um, you know, how do we really keep clients? Um, and that whole retention thing, I think, starts with something that you had mentioned earlier, which I think is great, is communication, right? Like, do we have a pulse on our clients? Mm. Um, so whether you're doing things cash, at big volume. So cash is queen and communication is king? No. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever is slightly lower than cash, that's that's what king is. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful marriage. Um, cash is queen and communication is king. I love it. Um so yes, I think, um, so right now it's just keeping a pulse on clients, right? Because right now everyone is so reactive that, you know, the one thing that I'm really, really encouraging people to do is be proactive. Um, so a, a great analogy, I've, I've kind of shown it as like the situation room, right? It's kind of like, whether we're in crisis, what do we do and how do we do it? So, you know, a couple of quick steps that we can take on is making sure that we have a place um, where we're filtering that communication um, with our team and with our colleagues and with our leadership team so that as things are getting thrown at us from every which way, we're able to sort of sift, parse, and really take action um, and, and accurate and quick action, right? So so kind of creating a situation room. Um, we, you know, I have a situation room in my Slack for my members. I have one for my own team um, and really kind of putting their resources that are important and things that are just happening day to day because things are changing and, and they're affecting the way that we're conducting business. So I think that's really important. Um, keeping the temperature on all of our clients. So if, if clients are pausing, right? Cause some clients, you know, they're, they're afraid. They're like, Oh my God, I might want to pause services. Some of them might want to 
you know, cancel services. Some of them might want to switch over services. So really understanding what are the needs for the client and how can we find solutions for them? Um, what I've been telling my clients right now is that um, a lot of the strategy that they're really, that they charge for right now, sometimes like this is a great time to give strategy because if we can give clients solutions um, and we can be that reliable, you know, real like champion for them, they'll keep us on. Right. And, and so this is a really great time to be providing those solutions that are necessary, whether it's smaller packages, whether it's shifting strategies. Right. A lot of people are like, hey, we're hoarding cash. Uh, we may not want to do any paid acquisition. What are organic strategies that can be done? Um, you know, that's a flip side. Some clients do have cash, but they're afraid that they might not have cash in the future. So something that you can do is, you know, get budgets and get things signed prepaid. I've had clients, you know, be able to double down and get their clients to pay for the quarter uh, up front, right? Because they don't know whether or not like next quarter, they're going to have cash, but they want to be able to be locked in. So so any opportunities that we can find to service to lock in clients to really provide the support and, and pivot quickly. Because um, the ability to have good systems in place so that you can provide the capacity to pivot quickly for clients is going to be huge. Got it. So what are some, what are some ways that you're kind of creatively changing your strategy? I mean, I, you just mentioned that clients and I think just generally advertisers right now are thinking about organic instead of um, paid. And that makes sense to me. Um, but I have to ask also within the paid realm of advertising, are, are costs down? Is it cheaper to advertise right now? Are CPCs and CPMs cheaper? Like CPCs how much cheaper? Have, um, so I was speaking to a client of mine who's just running a campaign. He said that he has seen CPCs down the lowest that he's seen them in five years. Hmm. So, um, and he's like across different industries, which is really fascinating. Um, we're about to launch a campaign because I'm like, yay, buy low. Um, <laughs> and, right. um, you know, and, and we're really, I mean, like I perceived that there was going to be um, some kind of financial downfall uh, from a year ago. So, so I've been actually prepping and, and doing a lot of things, you know, in trainings and, um, you know, creating trainings for teams and everything uh, from client onboarding to project management uh, to account management online for, for quite a while, um, probably for the last um, probably like 11 months. And, and so you know, as, as we talk about the conscious capitalists right now is a really great time to, because people are learning because people are looking for resources um, and because prices are low to, to really put those campaigns out there. So, so we're actually launching something next week, which is pretty awesome. Um, so we're launching a couple of campaigns to sell some trainings um, at a highly discounted price point. And, and we just launched an offer um, for the smaller agencies called crush the crisis. So it's really sort of an eight week program to help people, you know, like I said, keep cash, cut costs and and really sleep better at night. That makes sense. I'm going to just put some text on the screen. CPCs are at a five year low. <laughs> so all of a sudden, this is like <laughs> the stock market of advertising here. But <laughs> It is like the stock market. I mean, it's bidding strategies and arbitrage, right? So it's it's really fascinating what people are seeing right now. Yeah. Well, how could, how would you say that people can create win-win strategies right now? 
Um, I think right now, if if you have content, right? Like if um if you have things that you can give um for support for clients for free, um, I think you know if we can take the idea of freemium models um from SaaS. Um, which have been around for way longer than than this crisis. I think we can really adopt those to all types of businesses, whether they're marketing, whether they're service based, um, and and be able to give things that really you know are we can give out at volume. So right now, what people are doing are a lot of small business resources, um, small business libraries, trainings. Right? If if we can give away a lot of really great content that's helpful and actionable. Um, then that will let people have the support and have the leg up that they need to be able to survive this and thrive and, and create branding, you know, and it's a great branding strategy so that when people are out of this, they're ready to buy from you because they trust you, um, they find you a leader in the market and they find you credible, right? And having low-end offers for people that you can sell at volume as a massive win-win, right? So you're still being able to pay the bills, pay the team, pay the overhead, and, and you're able to provide support. And, you know, for those niches and industries that do have cash and, and can invest, right, this is also a great time that if you have the capabilities to bid quickly enough for those companies that have the cash to double down, triple down, um, this is a great time to provide support to them as well. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity. So do you think that, you know, you mentioned the the organic reach. Could you just give us like three ideas right now on what we can be doing to scale our businesses through organic efforts right now? Um, yeah, definitely. So organic reach, um, I think a lot of people right now are living on social. Uh, they're at home. You know, we go back to this escapism. So really planning to do things on social, like leveraging social, I think is really great. I mean, this is a key example of that. Um, I think being able to provide resources. So whether you have, um, you know, anything, a good way to provide resources, because sometimes people are like, I don't have time to do content, or I don't know what kind of content to put out there. Guaranteed you have things that you've been sending to clients um, over and over and over again, right? Or commonly asked questions that clients might ask you, um, or things that you're doing in your process for clients, right? Like all of these things that you already have documented, um, it's great to just kind of flip it and turn that into resources so that other people can benefit from them that may not necessarily be your client. Um, I think those two things are great and, you know, not to like shamelessly plug, but doing video content that's really quick, you know, if you're using dub, for example, um, just being able to answer questions. Like I'll give you an example. I had a team member who's a project manager, uh, operations manager for my, my clients. They were asking me a question and, and it was a really great question around like the overwhelm of the team and, and what to do and how to do client retention. And I turned that into a quick video, um, which was then turned into a checklist, which was then, you know, turned into a longer piece of content. And and really that all came from already interacting with the questions that people are asking. So I think if you can if you can use and leverage what you already have, then it's a great way to just put it out there so that other people can benefit from it. Nice. And then what was what was that topic? I'm just curious. So the topic was around team overwhelm. 
Okay. Right. So it was like, you know, the team's overwhelmed. Everyone's, you know, going kind of nuts. So how do we manage, uh, you know, everything? And, you know, we were we were really talking about one, creating that situation room two taking the pulse on clients um, and and really, you know, fine tuning, um, you know, people's sort of metrics and, and what they were responsible for accountabilities. And, and also just taking a temperature on not only capacity for, for like how much work they can take on now, but also the emotional capacity, because that, you know, takes a real actual, you know, like hum, human toll on, on your ability to do work. So, so just kind of keeping a pulse on your team and protecting the culture during this time is, is really key. And then what, is, what, are some, what are some tactics that you might recommend for people, for, for, for teams, I mean, for team leaders, but just anyone in a, in a team, how can we, obviously we can stay, have happy hours and stay connected <laughs> digitally. And that's, that's what we're doing maybe. Um, but really at a, at a deeper level, you know, at a kind of almost like a spiritual level, what, what are some things that you might recommend that people can do to stay sane and to, and to, and to maintain productivity and, and actually to, to boost their creative creativity? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a systems person, so I, I'm, I'm always going to go back to systems, right? And, and when we have good systems, um, the system is really able to absorb um, a lot of the stress instead of the people being able to absorb a lot of the stress. And, you know, and I think those two things work hand in hand, right? Because, like, I had a group um, who had just worked on their project management before all of this happened. Like, like they literally just kind of finished fine tuning all of their templates for workflows and everything. And, and they were half, you know, on location, half remote. So, so they weren't like completely off of the remote game, but they said that the ability to have like really good systems allowed the team to just feel so much more relieved that however the the volume of work right because they're they're you know they lost a couple clients you know gained like three new clients last week which is amazing um so they were able to just deal with the volatility so much easier because they didn't have to spend that extra mental power on thinking about like how do they reinvent this how do they communicate how do they make this work because the workability of everything is already there Right. So so you just more have more time and freedom to, to create, to build um, and to connect because you're not worried about like the minutia and the grunt work of everything. It's, it's more or less handled by the system. You're just kind of following the system so that you can create. OK, so you you mentioned that you're a systematic person. You follow systems. That's cool. I love that. We have a lot <laughs> of systems, too, and those have taken a long time to develop. And we're constantly tweaking and optimize those. Could you give us your your sort of favorite system right now that you're using for your business? Um, so when I think of systems, right, like I like I wish I could give you like a direct answer, um, but I would say because you know I'm I'm very big on process. I think for me, one of the the best things is to have really good client onboarding. Right. Because if, if we have really tight client onboarding, that means that we're able to really kind of keep our clients in, in a wonderful relationship. Um, you know, we have really good communication. Uh, we have bigger, you know, retention. We're able to answer a lot of those questions up front. So I, I often think that client onboarding is kind of like the stepchild of systems because people don't, 
think about it that often people don't you know sometimes like they're like oh my god we closed it we just want to go and deliver but having you know really amazing client board onboarding especially right now if you are gaining clients because it's so shifty um is is so important um you know and then backing that up with really good project management so right now one of my favorite tools is ClickUp. Um, I'm tool agnostic, you know, I like Asana, I like Trello, I like ClickUp, I like Monday, depending on, you know, what you're using, but making sure that people have really amazing project management uh, tools and process to back it up. It's huge. It's huge for remote work right now. Right. And so, so what is your stack? I'm, I, I got to ask. Um, yeah, of course. So my personal stack is um, I use Copper for, for client relationship manager for CRM. I use um i use ClickUp for project management that's my own personal uh quickbooks for finances um active campaign for automations uh like just like going through the the big ones uh one password for any sort of freelancers and, and password keeping that we have um i use loom for mini training videos um and dub for sales follow-up so i don't know why i use them differently but i i do <laughs> <laughs> um and let me see i'm we have we have just to just to sell you a little bit but we have <laughs> we have a chrome extension for screen recording and a desktop recorder check it out uh yeah i haven't gotten into it. i think i've downloaded the loom chrome extension way before i started using okay. dub so that, i was, I was grandfathered in all right I, i'm gonna fair. have to check that out yeah um and then let me see and then zoom um i've been using zoom forever so so that we you know hold all of our uh, meetings on Zoom. So I, I would say that's probably like the most, you know, I could go on and on and on in terms of our tech stack because I'm one of those like tech obsessed people, but that's our core. Nice. Very cool. Uh, it's so exciting that you mentioned that because I was thinking about these ecosystems and these stacks that that, mm -hmm. that everyone is creating and companies and individuals are creating based on preference. And, and it's so cool, and I love how you say that you're agnostic, which means you really are open-minded and you just appreciate all yeah. the software out there. And there's this philosophy that we're trying to uh, abide by, which is like meeting people where, they're, where they work, mm -hmm. which, is, which is a big part of our integration strategy. So, you know, Dub now has like dozens, it's almost like 50 probably mm -hmm. integrations. And we just kind of go down the list. And every time we hear that someone's using something, like we know that people use active campaigns, we built the integration. We mm -hmm. know that people use Asana. We built the integration. Um, what I have not built an integration for, though, yet is is Copper. So what mm. I'd like to do is I'd like to dedicate an integration to you, and I'm going to get it on your product roadmap. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it'll be kind of cool, so stay tuned. Be still my heart, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Copper is really cool. Um, and, and I've used other CRMs before, and, and I agree with you. Like, um, you know, one of the things that we help with is, you know, leveraging technology, being able to... <laughs> I, you know, systems and processes. I say that it helps to people-proof your business. Um, so, so that's my my nice little way of of saying that. But I, you know, we we help to leverage technology. You know, we want to make sure that we're process first. Um, and and I always take a look at the integrations um, of what like the ecosystem is because if someone's, you know, if they're married to let's say HubSpot. Right. And, and they're doing like marketing automation and the CRM and this. Like, There's no point of changing that. It's like, how do we create, you know, around that? Um, now, if someone's using something and it's ineffective, then it might be time to jump ship. So so really understanding, um, you know, a lot of people think about 
pricing, but but I think about volume, right? So like if you have a if you have two people that are doing sales, you may not necessarily need like Salesforce enterprise, right? Like, like that could be like super funky and unnecessary. Um, you know, if if you are running a seven-figure business, but you might only have eight clients because they're really, really large, you don't need, you know, crazy project management systems. So I think something to think about when you're adopting any sort of technology is like, how much volume do you have? How much volume do you have? Yeah, that's ex that's exactly right. I totally agree with that. I think it, it really comes down to, are you using what you have for the capabilities that it offers? Mm -hmm. And if it's fulfilling mm -hmm. your needs, there's no reason to go and to kind of lust after, you know, other software. Because gosh, if you go down that journey, you know, there there's there are people that I think get obsessed with this. They get obsessed with finding new software. And it becomes more about finding the software and trialing the software than it is about actually conducting business and being productive. And I think for, for a hot minute, I, I got really obsessed with that. And I was just checking and I had like my Chrome extensions, just they, it was just like the width of the, of the monitor, <laughs> you know? And then I realized there's just like really five core things that I need to do in the business. I need to be able to outreach. I need to be able to manage. I need to be able to have operations. I need to have like finance. And then I need to be able to collaborate and communicate. And those five things, that encompasses everything. I found my stack. And, you know, contentment was achieved. So now mm -hmm. we, we do experiments and we try certain things. Um, but unless it's something that is really going to fundamentally like, ten, like a 10x type situation, we kind of, you know, we just hold back. So, yeah, I mean, you know, given what I do, like I'm always I have to kind of keep up with it. Right. Um, since we're helping people with systems and their processes and their delivery. Um, but I'm I'm a big proponent on like you know, sort of picking the software of where you're at and what your resources are. Because um, sometimes people get very like, oh my God, I want this crazy thing. And I'm like, spend that money on marketing. Right, <laughs> right? right. Like, 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 don't do that. Like, like spend that money on marketing. And then when you're ready, then you can go to that, right? Because it's not only about the technology. Um, you have no idea how many times, you know, people are like, yeah, I have my tech stack. Da, 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 da. And then I'm like, are you using it? Right. They're like, well, kind of. Is the team using it consistently? Well, you know, ish, you know, um, is right. everything centralized? Oh no, everything's all over the place. <laughs> and right. So it's, it's really about, you know, about the workability to run the business, as you said, um, and less about the actual tools. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think now more than ever, we need to really focus on productivity. We need to focus on relationship building on, on optimizing, you know, and uh, just overall collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, what's in the pipeline for you? What's kind of coming up, and what are you what are you looking to do? I know that you got a book coming out. Um, any events we should know about online, of course. <laughs> um, give us <laughs> give us a drop for your book. Um, you know, how can people connect with you on social? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm in the process of writing. Uh, you know, codify your business, which I'm really excited about. So it's it's a very geeky, you know, systems and process kind of book. Um, but I'm hoping to have enough laughter and and digestibility to make it really fun. Um, right now, we have a you know a new offer called Crush the Crisis, which is you know really tailored towards um, you know taking that corporate responsibility and and being able to pivot and find opportunities right now because 
like my clients are killing it and and i want other people to really not only survive the next you know whether it's one to we don't know months um but but really thrive and and kick ass um so so that's really what we're doing and um yeah and right now you know you can find me on instagram you can find me on facebook and and we're doing a lot of writing on linkedin so instagram is juliana marula um you know check out the stories i i'm i'm a story fanatic nice. <laughs> and and really writing um you know lots of really valuable actionable things on linkedin um and you can find me at juliana morlando on linkedin and um i will drop the um the crisis checklist for you guys so you have the link afterwards oh, very um cool. which i think is really valuable for everyone because that way you know it just kind of like goes through 15 ways to to really keep clients and and cut costs and you know and and really have the most ROI that you can during this time. That's it. That's it right there. You summed it up perfectly. Well, Juliana, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh see you online and see you on LinkedIn. Yeah, see you on the internet. Thank you, Ruben. <laughs> This was a pleasure. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye.